What's up, guys? It's Miki, and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. So, guys, we are in May. Summer, summer, summertime. I will say, I'm not a fan of the summer. I'm more of a winter girl. I like, you know, and I'm a person who loves my body and don't mind being naked, but... I do in the wintertime. I like to put on cute clothes. Men put on cute clothes with the skull caps, maybe some boots, some Tim's cologne. Oh my God. But in the summertime, everybody be wearing the same thing swimsuits, tank top shorts, like, ugh, you know? And I don't do bugs, and the sun is hot, and I sweat everywhere. And I want to take like 15 showers a day just because of how hot the sun gets. I'm not really a fan. School's over. You don't have to deal with school traffic. But, you know, ugh, like summer. Not really a fan. I do understand that some people, they get out of um, depressive episodes. Like some people can have seasonal depression. And when there's more light outside, um, they're less inclined to be depressed. So I get it. If summer is your thing, if you like to swim all the time, I get it, but I'm not a big summer fan. I'm definitely, definitely a winter girl. Winter me now, please. Cause these mosquitoes are not, no joke. They were like beast last year. I don't know what has gotten in the mosquitoes. I don't know what has amped them up, but they are dangerous. They are deadly. And I want everybody to buy some off and anything stronger than off because even off wasn't working at certain points last summer. But anyways, welcome back this week, guys. The first thing I want to talk about is Kim Kardashian's law school journey. So as we all know, she didn't take the quote-unquote traditional route, but California has a different kind of way. I don't remember all the logistics, and I don't want to say it wrong, but even though she's not going through a law school, she's still basically cramming all of the important and vital information that she needs within three to four years, and she's being taught and trained by professional professors and professional lawyers and different things. So she's getting the things that she needs. Plus, some of that is in her DNA, okay? Everybody knows, and if you do not know, that her dad is the infamous Robert Kardashian, who was one of the main lawyers to help get O.J. Simpson off. Whatever you feel about it, whether he did it or didn't do it, You can't see my face, but we all got that side eye. (laughs) Whatever you feel about it, I mean, it is what it is. The man got off and hey, moving on. And her dad played a role in that. And um, they didn't call OJ's lawyers the dream team for nothing. And you can see that that lawyer ability and power and just skillfulness and thoughtfulness it's in it's in her and it's something so beautiful to see on this most recent episode well I don't know probably by the time this airs to be about two episodes back and I don't know the episode numbers but the episode of the Kardashians on the Hulu she described her law school journey about her passing her test her helping with julius jones and stuff and i forgot the other person brandon something but brandon ended up being executed and julius jones was not i called the governor's office for julius jones and sent the governor really um it was a very strong forward email about saving his life so to see not just celebrities but thank you to the celebrities because y'all hold the power um 
the local people, like people like me, whether you signed a petition, you called the governor, whether you wrote an email, you sent a letter, you protested, whatever. It was so beautiful to see everybody play their role and to come together on the episode because it's been a couple of months out and I kind of forgot, like, of course we saw the energy and stuff around it on social media. And of course, um, you know, the celebrities who are really still fighting for him, which I know Kim is definitely one of them and Sean King, a great activist and stuff, still working behind the scenes. You kind of like it fades out. You forget, like you do that deed, you help them maybe not be executed or something, or maybe you lessen their sentence or something, but there's still more work to be done, including with Julius. He needs to get out. He's an innocent man. Yes, everybody played their part in stopping him from dying, but now it's time to free an innocent man. He's already lost so much time. He couldn't hug his mother for years. I I don't remember if he was the one that had kids or not, so I don't want to speak that he had kids and he didn't, but it was crazy. And I just want to applaud Kim Kardashian because she is a person who does not limit herself and does not put herself in one box. And whatever you feel about her, whether you feel like she's toxic, whether you feel like she's a slut, this and that, um, none of it can take away from the fact that she is a bomb ass lawyer and she has a passion for this. Like it's a different kind of passion that I've seen. And I know like, of course, lawyer is different from taking photo shoots or owning brands and doing makeup and blah, blah, blah. But it's like almost like a God given passion for her to help save lives, for her to do different work in the justice system. And it was just a really beautiful episode. And she, um, she's, she highlighted this one man, I can't think of his name, but it was really important. I would highly recommend people to go back and watch that episode because it wasn't just all about glitz and glamour. It was really going in depth into Kim's law school journey, how she was on her final take of the test. And if she did not pass, she wouldn't be able to keep going. So it was it was a lot of pressure, but it was so beautiful to see it to come together. And for them to have this whiteboard and strategizing and planning, let's call so-and-so, let's do this, and checking them off, like putting in the work to make sure that they get the right people out there, whether it's activists, celebrities, billionaires, literally calling, tackling the governor, whether she goes in to the White House to get things done, or if she's invited to a dinner, strategically changing the conversations to um, maybe talk about prison reform or just helping innocent people or sprinkling in names. Like this is God's work, like literally trying to help save individuals or basically let them know, hey, they are not their mistakes. They are people. They mess up. We all mess up. Maybe we just didn't get caught messing up like they did, or maybe we didn't mess up on the quote unquote same level or scale, but do we not deserve to be forgiven and do we not deserve to have a second chance? And um, I just think she's doing great work. I'm very excited to continue to follow her law school journey. Um, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And if you feel like, oh my God, she can't be a lawyer because she has a sex tape, relax. Okay. Because there are plenty of people that have sex tapes. Everybody's just don't get leaked. And second, everybody has sex. And if you don't, your business, but not to understand most people have sex or have had sex. And did it limit you being a parent? Did it limit you being a teacher, a cop, a firefighter, a hairstylist, a cook, anything? No. 
it didn't limit you in any of your other fields. So she should not be limited because she's had a leaked sex tape when plenty of y'all probably have 10 to 15 just sitting in a safe in a vault, which again, your business, your prerogative, it doesn't matter. But if somebody was to try to put that limit on you because you have sex, like how crazy would that be? I've seen a lot of people be like, she shouldn't be a lawyer because she had a leaked sex tape. Bye. <laughs> like my lawyer has a life. My lawyer gets some. Great. Because this career and maybe the case that I have them doing is going to stress them out enough. They need a little bit of relief. I'll take it. So I feel like this is just something she's great at. She's destined to do. And I feel like she's going to go really, really far. I know she's already gone far in life. Um, and we're not going to get into the debate about the head starts and all that. I know all that. I know all that plays a role. But this is one of her God-given talents to literally save people live and try to reform the justice system. And of course, we know what she said herself, but of course, we know her having Black sons and knowing that this, no matter how rich you are, no matter how powerful you are, no matter how many connections, they still going to see Black. And having two Black sons plays a role into her passion behind it, but its I don't care what it takes. It's great. It's great that she would want to make the world better for her sons. And I'm very ecstatic for that. Even if it was the only reason was specifically for her sons, I wouldn't care. Because either way, it would be making it better for all of our sons, all of our friends, all of our brothers, everybody, husbands, you know, fathers. Like she is doing work to make the justice system better. And it's really inspiring because activism, as you guys can tell, and changing the system and making this government better is something that is a part of my passion too. Even, and we all have multiple different passions. So guys, she can still be passionate about makeup and passionate about making the justice system better and giving people second chances. Let's stop limiting people to one box because you'll get your feelings hurt doing that to me and pretty much every person around me. Most people that are around me are not limited to one thing. They don't they're not just interested in one thing. They are, which I'm very, very grateful for. I'm around a group of people that are very um, versatile and they they are interested in multiple different things. And I think that helps make us well-rounded individuals. And if they're interested in stuff that we've never heard of, we get to learn something new. We get to um, see their dreams from the beginning and blossom and expand. And it's really a beautiful thing. So let's not limit people. And I just want to say shout out to Kim Kardashian. Keep doing your thing, girl. And um, I know you're making your dad really proud. Like I know he's looking down and being like, that's my girl. Because in the episode, she also talks about how she told her dad. Well, her dad told her, you're not going to want this. <laughs> you're so vain. You're, you're going to get wrinkles. You're not going to want this life. And look at her now. And like she joked, um, she's glad she didn't let that stop her. And thank God for Botox. I don't use Botox. She uses Botox. I do not use Botox. She does. At least that is the insinuation from her joke. Um, if you do not use Botox, Kim, sorry, but I don't, but that's okay. See, that's the point. She has enough money to use it, go get over the wrinkles and still be able to help people. So, you know, she's doing great work and, um, I'm very, very excited to see what that's going to lead to and the changes that can take place because her shouting out certain cases or highlighting certain cases have brought it to my attention before certain different activists and different things 
and different people who have been laying the groundwork for a minute. And it's just because she has the platform to reach a bunch of people and get it out faster. And that helps. And it's not to um, minimize the work that people on the ground are doing, our grassroot workers. They're doing amazing stuff. Like the cases probably wouldn't even get to them if the grassroot people weren't doing their thing. But everybody plays their role. And even if you think, oh, a phone call, I'm leaving a voice message. Oh, I'm calling a representative. Oh, I'm sending an email. You never really know. And I think for me, when Julius Jones was saved from death and I knew that I played somewhat of a small role in it, I was so excited. And he literally was saved from death like last minute, last hour, like the governor dragged it out to just you know, I I don't know. I don't want to speak for what the governor was trying to do at that moment, but he literally dragged it out into the very last second. But the bigger picture is, is that Julius was saved and more work has to be done to get an innocent and free man home. But shout out to Kim Kardashian for doing her job and um, bringing awareness because she didn't even have to share this on the show. But because she did, um, I just think it's going to spread more light and again, remind people that there is still work left to be done. So that's cool. Last thing I want to talk about is the update on my gratitude journal. So I've been doing it. Have I been doing it every day? I'm not even going to lie to you, BK family. Nope. Nope. I have not. My days have not had consistent routines in a minute, but for the most part, I have picked back up with it. And for a minute, I hadn't picked it up in so long. Again, like I expressed in the last episode, I was doing more regular journaling than gratitude journaling, but I'm trying to make sure I have both done and get both done because free my thoughts on the pages of my regular journal and then also remind myself of all the things to be appreciative of and not lose sight that I couldn't even have the things that I'm have the ability to write down in my gratitude journal. So that's been going well. And I hope I hope BK family, y'all have been practicing gratitude, whether it's writing it down or just saying it out loud, just taking time out of your days or start small, maybe once or twice a week, find some moments, find some time to just really pause, reflect on your life and be like, cool, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for this and watch how it changes your mindset and perspective. All right, moving on. Another topic that I want to talk about is black and white thinking. And so black and white thinking, you know, is basically when people think in absolutes, like one way or the other, no real room for gray areas. And it could be you may think you're always right or you think you're the world's biggest failure. You know, like there is no in between. It's either this extreme or the next. And a lot of psychologists thinks this is a cognitive distortion because it keeps you from basically seeing that life is complex. It's uncertain. It's consistently changing. Um, it has plenty of gray areas and it's just no one size fits all for anything in life. I have talked about before, do I believe that you can have certain stances where you have like, this is your black and white, this is your hard line? Yes. But even in that, you still have to be realistic and know that even though for me, this specific issue, I'm not budging off of, this is my hard line, I still have to be realistic enough to know that every time the situation comes up, it's not going to look the same. Everybody hasn't had the same life experiences, hasn't been raised the same way, 
hasn't, you know, seen the world through the views of my eyes and I haven't seen the world through their lenses, like I have to take all of that into an account. And even situations and topics that are hard red lines for me, they can't be for everybody else. And it's okay if they aren't because life is consistently changing and who knows what if a red heart line that used to be for you is not anymore because you can see it from a person's different perspective or something you just never really know so i think black and white thinking is um it's definitely really really dangerous and the crazy thing is i found this article and they were talking about now if you struggle with black and white thinking it doesn't mean you automatically have a mental disorder, but I've never seen what extreme, um, dealing with extreme, an extreme version of black and white thinking can lead to these certain mental disorders. I never thought about it like that. I just thought, okay, people either think black and white or you think like, okay, there's plenty of gray in life. Um, but I found this interesting because it says thinking this way and again, this is more extreme forms, is commonly associated with these conditions. Narcissism, and narcissism is an exaggerated excessive interest in oneself, and black and white thinking can be a symptom of this personality disorder. People who have it will often find it challenging to get help because they quickly dismiss doctors and therapists, aka don't want to be held accountable. Two, anxiety and depression. When people have anxiety and depression, it's common for them to think in absolutes. More extreme emotions can cause the black and white thinking to become worse. Um, borderline personality disorder. And borderline personality disorder is a mental illness that causes people to experience intense feelings of anger, anxiety, and depression. They will often have symptoms of poor impulse control and frequently display black and white thinking. The next one is. Obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, and it's common for people with OCD to think in absolutes because it gives them a sense of control and comfort, and this can lead to a lot of just like very planned out, very particular lifestyle, and it can make it very hard to change. Um, and black and white thinking can impact relationships. They can impact learning, career, diet your mind, the way you think. I mean, so many different things. And I think we have to be very careful with our black and white thinking, all of us, all of us BK family, because even for a person like me, I know there are so many, life is just, it's, life leaves too much room for gray areas. It leaves too much room for this variable can play a role. This variable can play a role. There's nothing in life that's really constant except for God. So to do a quote unquote experiment off of it, you'd be failing because what is your constant variable, you know, besides God? And he already knows that. He already knows that there are so many different things and you got to look at the way of the world as constantly changing and growing. And humans are complex masterpieces that he did on purpose. If he wanted all of us to be the same, he would have made us the same, but he was very strategic and intentional with not making us do that. So I think we all have to work on being, um, just really rigid in our thinking and extreme in our thinking and thinking in absolutes. Because even for a person like me who realizes there are lots of gray areas, I want to make sure that where my heart lines are drawn, I don't want to force my opinion on others. And I want to make sure that 
because I have a hard line drawn, it's not blocking my view of how another person thinks. Like I'm still giving room for them to be themselves, express themselves or express their opinion, whether I agree with it or not. Like I don't want to be so uh, black and white thinking on something that I can't even hear another person's perspective because I thoroughly enjoy hearing other people's perspective. Whether it changes my opinion or not, more than likely, probably not. But I do enjoy hearing other people's opinions and perspectives and just really finding out what makes a person's mind think and tick. And another thing that I wanted to talk about was what is your toxic trait? Can you recognize it or some? And the reason I want to talk about this because I saw a clip on the reel and basically they were reading uh examples from this article. And I think I found the article because these are pretty similar to the one that they were doing. And then they listed theirs. And then I'll tell you guys some of mine. So some of the toxic traits from the article, this is like 25. I'll link it in the description below, but just some of the ones were negativity, judgmentalness, dishonesty, rigidness, rudeness, lack of empathy for others, recklessness, pickiness, argumentativeness, quick to anger, bossiness, arrogance, greediness, stinginess, sneakiness, laziness, apathetic, um, absolutism, you know, kind of like the black and white thinking and all that. Of course, I did not just list 25, but again, I'll link it. Um, And that made me want to sit down and think about what are some of my toxic traits. So some of my toxic traits are definitely, oh, and if you can't think of any toxic traits that you may have, they were talking about on on the reel how that may be a toxic trait within itself that you can't find any. Um, But no pressure. Maybe you just hadn't taken the time to sit down and self-analyze. It takes the work to know yourself. It takes the work to continuously relearn yourself as you change and experience different things. And as people try to put on you what they want you to be, what you should be, where they think you should be and so forth and so on. But back to some of my toxic traits, I would say mine, one of mine, I have a couple guys, can you believe it? (laughs) Mine would be passive aggressive and it would be depending on who it is. I'm not going to do this passive aggressive with everybody because Honestly, it would just make it worse. The situation would become worse. And I don't really feel like dealing with my passive aggressiveness emotions and then them being extra dramatic. So a lot of people can't handle my passive aggressiveness. And that's why I don't do it often to people. But you know if I'm being passive aggressive to you. And for the people that know it, they pay in no mind. They don't care. (laughs) they do not care, which is why I guess I do it, which is not to say that it's right. It's not okay to be passive aggressive. Grow up, Mickey. Communicate. Say how you feel, Mickey. Sheesh. Just communicate. Be an adult, which duh. And most of the time I do end up doing that. It's just that I do have moments of uh, lack of maturity and just want to be childish and be a little passive aggressive. I do. I do. But that's also why I say I don't do it with everybody because it would blow up for the people that do get the passive aggressive me. It's not going to blow up and turn into something else. Other people, it would. And I just don't even have the time or energy to deal with all that. I really don't. (laughs) The next one is um, shutting down in general. I will definitely shut down. 
I just will. Um, when I don't want to deal with something, I'll shut down. If I feel overloaded, overstimulated, I'll shut down. If I just need space from people, I'll shut down. And that's not always the best thing. I did hear on a sermon recently that you can't get mad at people for continuously shutting down, but then you want them to be there. I can honestly say I've never in my life experienced that. Like if I shut down and didn't include people in it, I didn't want them there. I shut down on purpose because I didn't want the opinions of everybody else. I didn't want to have to, depending on what it was, carry everybody else's emotions and them turning into a situation about them. And this is about me (laughs) in the moment. I just need to focus and deal with what I need to get through. Um, But I do want to throw that point out there that I did learn in the sermon. If you are a kind of person who does shut down, but then you get mad at people for not being there, that's what you've always done. You've never given them the space to be there for you. So maybe try to work on that or just realize, hey, you can't really be mad for them listening to what you wanted. Again, I'm not that kind of person because if I wanted to there, I probably would have had to do there. And I don't mean literally like every like an activity or a specific moment. I mean, literally, like if I wanted you involved with a personal situation, more than likely I would have included you. Um, I tend not to like a lot of people involved in my really, really personal things because I need to figure out what's my feelings. What am I thinking without every human being putting all their thoughts, emotions and opinions on me? Another thing, but I do have to work on shutting down. Sometimes shutting down is so peaceful for me because, again, I'm overstimulated and stuff, but it's not always the healthiest. So I'm going to work on um, shutting down, definitely. And um, yeah, the next one is stubbornness because... I can be so stubborn at times. And once my mind is made up, that's it. I, like I said early in the episode, I enjoy listening to other people's opinions, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to change and, um, and not change as a person, but literally change the way I may think about that particular issue. I am going to change. I have no choice but to grow and change because if I stayed stagnant, it would be, ew, why? Not just for you guys listening, but for the people in my life, it'd be like, wow, you're still the same. So much has happened, but you're still the same? How? Why? Um, Growth is important, guys. I say that all the time, but mine is definitely stubbornness. It will definitely be a toxic trait because sometimes once my mind is made up, that's it. There is no changing it. Or maybe I'm stubbornness when it comes to me being a rebel in some form. Like, Mickey, I don't think you should do that. It will hurt their feelings. I don't give up. I don't care. <laughs> I do not care in certain instances. Mickey, maybe you should do that because people are gonna judge you this way. Well, I don't I don't care about that either because people are gonna judge me regardless. So might as well do the things that I was either called to do or that I have chosen to do. And I'm not dumb. Not just I just I've thought about the repercussions. I just probably did not care about that. So that's another one of my toxic traits that I'm going to have to work on, which is stubbornness. And I want to encourage the BK family to sit down and think, what are some of your toxic traits? Do you have any? Can you, do you have just one? Do you have more than one? Um, and don't be so hard on yourself where you're writing the list. Like, I do this, I do this, I do this. It's not, it's not that big of a deal, guys. It's just us checking in with ourselves and remembering things that we need to work on to continue growing. Don't be like negative Nancy on yourself and bring yourself down. That's not what we're trying to do with this exercise at all. We're just checking in and trying to be better people, right? 
All right. Another thing that I wanted to talk about was another clip from The Real. Guys, don't you love how I get my clips from The Real and they give me different topics to discuss? What am I going to do when it ends? Luckily, they have so many clips that I can go back and listen to to just get like pick your brain kind of questions. But oh my goodness, what a show. I'm going to miss it. And um, yeah, so there was another clip from The Real. And this one was where they discussed promises that they made to themselves to keep. And Garcelle's was the one that, now all of them definitely stuck out. I don't want to just be like, hers is the one that stuck out the most. It was the best. It's just the one that stuck out to me the most. And of course, Adrian's, which is the promise on her dream of um, not giving up to become a mother, which I don't think she should. I think everything is in God's timing or whatever. And with the show ending and things slowing down a little bit, because there's still so many other things that she's out there doing. Um, I hope that she gets more family time. And I have a feeling that maybe her family will start soon, like her starting to have children and stuff. So I don't know, because I'm not God and I'm not all sovereign. So it's all in his timing anyways, but I don't think she should give up. But the one that stuck out to me the most was Garcelle's. And Garcelle, can't say her last name, she is fancy from the Jamie Foxx show. And if you watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, she's the black lady on it. She's the only black lady on it. So there is that. That's Garcelle. And she was saying that a promise that she made to herself was stop telling herself stories that no longer served her whether it was stories from her past, stuff that may be depressing or problematic. She said she will immediately switch to a positive thought and cut it off. And I actually thought that was a really good promise and a very powerful point is we have to stop telling ourselves stories that no longer served us, especially when it's toxic or negative. The situation is dead and overweight. You keep putting yourself through it over multiple, multiple times. And all of us have moments where we can do this, where we will replay a situation. It's like it happened and happened. Because I've had moments in my life where things have happened. And I'll be like, I want to get over it so bad. I want to be over it. But I'll consistently replay the fact that something happened in my head. And it's basically me putting myself through the situation over and over. Like whether it happened years ago or whether it happened about three hours ago. I gotta let it go. (laughs) I have to let it go. And I don't want to keep replaying the same stories in my head because every time I sit there and try to, maybe it was this, maybe if I had done this, and maybe if it would have went this way, shoulda, coulda, woulda, it didn't. Like the way that it went was the way that it was supposed to go. That's the way it was already written. And it just is what it is. And I think it does us as human beings a disservice to consistently focus our energy and thoughts on stuff that no longer serve us. Again, is that easier said than done to stop that? Of course. Have we all had moments where we do it? Of course. But consistently holding ourselves hostage in situations that are done can just be detrimental and hold us back. And you don't even realize it when you're talking about it or when for a person like me, when you're thinking about it in your head, but just think about, really sit down and analyze, okay, how much time and energy have I spent talking about this situation? How much time and energy have I spent thinking about this situation? How much time of energy have other people made me sit and think about this situation? Okay, cool. It's a lot. And this energy can be going to different areas and to stuff that makes me happy. And if you don't know what makes you happy, figure it out. 
Like, because stuff that made you happy in the past will not make you happy in the present. Not always. It's not to say that some stuff can't consistently make you happy all throughout life. Of course it can. But I mean, you change, life changes. I think we all have to consistently find different things that make us happy in no matter the season or the area that we're in in our lives. And that is okay. So I thought Garcelle had a an excellent point. But some promises that I have made to myself and that I want to work on keeping is always maintain my own voice. Always maintain my own voice. Um, There are so many people that will try to speak for you or even if you are verbally speaking, you know it's the words, thoughts, and actions of other people manipulating you or just trying to force their opinions on you. Um, And so mine would be to always maintain my own voice. That way I can use my voice. And if for some reason... I lose my voice, I can write it out, but it'll be my own words, not the words of others. Um, The next promise that I made to myself is to try not to ever lose myself for anyone. And if I ever do, I'm going to fight like hell to get back to me. I'm one of the best things that's ever happened to me. (laughs) Like seriously, I am one of the best things that ever happened to me. And if you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a friend, you're a sister, you're a daughter, Vice versa with the boy, son, father, cousin, whatever, brother. That's great and all, but that's an asset. That doesn't make you all of who you are. One of the best things that ever happened to you was you yourself. You yourself. One of the best things that ever happened to me was me. And I have to be good to me. I have to love me. I have to take care of me. And how dare I let somebody else, another human being who did not create me, Strip me, oops, sorry guys, strip me of me? No way, no way. And it's so easy to be stripped of your identity, especially if you're a woman, especially if you're a woman. You get lost in the roles and the jobs and everything that we have to do. And men, I've said this before, are so much better at maintaining their own individuality and knowing themselves and everything. Um, and just sticking to who they are at their core. Now, men can lose themselves too. I don't want to minimize that fact for men that may be listening. They think, dang, she was just so dismissive and said that it was all women. People in general, men and women, can both lose themselves. I just give men credit for usually being better than women at knowing who they are and sticking to who they are and looking at fatherhood and husband as an asset, an addition, not as a end all be all. I applaud men for that. I think they tend to be better. Um, but yeah, I don't want to lose myself for anyone. And if I was to lose myself for anyone, I want to fight like hell to get back to me. Definitely. Um, and last but not least, I definitely want to trust God's word over everyone else's and remember that he sees me serving in all seasons of life, no matter what human beings say. And that's all that matters. That's something that I've struggled with the the last past two years. And I never really had to struggle with it before because I guess people were very okay with what I was doing. My life was very in line with what they thought it should be. And so when it wasn't, wow, how quickly the tables turn, how quickly people are influenced by other people's opinions, how quickly everybody likes to sit up and talk and have a party about, well, I feel like you should be doing this. And that that's kind of problematic and toxic statement within itself. I feel like you should be here. 
I feel like you should be doing this. Do people really want me to sit down and tell them what I think they should be doing? How they should be moving? How they should be feeling? I don't, not only do I don't think they don't, I think that they do not want me to do that. It's not my place. It's not my place. Who am I to sit down and tell somebody, I think you should be this. You should be so much farther along. This is what your life should look like. Well, dang. I know another person who did not create me and think they can tell me why I shouldn't shouldn't be. You could tell me, but it doesn't mean I have to listen, nor will I, because if God is telling me something completely different, who do you think I'm going to go with? You or God? And if I was to go with you instead of God, who has to deal with God? Me or you? (laughs) Like, so, I mean, come on. I, I've definitely struggled with that, but it's a, that's why I made it a promise to myself. So again, my promises that I made to myself is to always maintain my own voice. Try not to ever lose myself for anyone. And if I do fight like hell, get back to me and to trust God's word over everyone else's. Trust his word. Trust what he says over everybody else. And remember that he sees me serving in all seasons of life, no matter what humans say. And that's literally all that matters. And it may not feel that great, but I have to consistently remind myself that is what matters. That is what matters. Trust this word every everybody else's because the amount of energy and weight that and power that I would give other people to be like, to have me even thinking about it or have me question, am I not serving in the way that I should and all this and that? These people don't really give a crap about me or even if they do give a crap, maybe they just start questioning too. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I've said it before, humans are wishy-washy. All of us have moments of being wishy-washy. So that's why I consistently say, be in God's presence, sit at the feet of Jesus, and just have moments of silence. Even if you don't want to sit in God's presence in the moment of silence, sit by yourself and say, self, is this what I want for me? Is this what I need for me? Or is this what everybody else has been constantly trying to pile on me and where they think I should be. And a lot of that is self-projection because those people aren't where they want to be in their own lives. So they're like, let me point out where I think you should be. And over half of the people that are pointing out where they think I should be or what I should be doing and blah, 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 number one, are not acknowledging the ways that I serve. Number two, minimizing the ways that I serve as if it's no big deal. And number three, um, most of them that are doing it don't really care about me. They don't know the ins and outs of my life. They don't care to get to know the ins and outs of my life unless it was something to be messy about. Um, And they don't really want the best interest for me. They don't really care if I know myself, if I figure out myself, and if I figure out what's next in life. They don't care. And um, I have to remember, check the source. Check the source that it's coming from. And that's for all of us in any situation. Check the source. Think about the person's intentions. Even if it's somebody you love, check the source, check their intentions behind it. Because if it's a person you love, maybe they're doing it by accident, right? Maybe they don't mean to harm you, but maybe they don't even realize that they're doing the same thing that other people are doing. That's fine. You know, they're not set out to hurt you like the other people, but you can just have a conversation, right? We're not going to be like me and shut down and just say whatever and just, you know, hold it all in. We're going to try to have a conversation if the other person is receptive and be like, okay, look, you may not be intentionally trying to hurt me like the other people, but you're doing the same behavior. 
or you're making me feel the same. And I know your intentions are to, you know, want the worst for me. You want the best. But the way you want the best for me, you're not being helpful in this moment and in this time, right? So we all got to work on those things. Well, those are the promises I made to myself. And I pose the question to you. Are there any promises that you have made to yourself to keep? And if you already have some, have you broken that promise? And it's okay if you have, but have you been more intentional about trying to not break it again or being kind and forgiving and loving to yourself if you did break it, giving yourself some grace and mercy? that you deserve because we are the best things that ever happened to us. Here comes a gym. Here comes a gym. Here comes a gym from MM. Mickey about to drop a gym. 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 Here comes a gym. Here comes a gym. Here comes a gym from MM. Mickey about to drop a gym. Mickey about to drop a gym. Mickey about to drop a gym. Okay, now listen up. All right, guys, it's one of my favorites, and apparently from the responses is one of you guys' favorite segments too, which is gems of the week. So I have a couple to drop this week, and um, yeah, here's the first one. One, I've had people tell me a lot the older that I've gotten that you've never been through this. You don't understand. Well, you don't understand because you're not a – and you'll get this when you – or if you, and I just want to say that what that taught me is none of us know what someone's been through unless the person has chosen to share. I just want to say this one more time. None of us know what someone has been through unless the person has chosen to share. And when I get these type of responses, I usually just say, okay, whether I've been through it or not, I'll just say, okay, because I don't have time to go through the story. I don't have time to prove that my opinion is worthy, is valid because I've experienced da, 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 da. I'm I'm not going to do that. I feel like that's a waste of energy. If they feel like it's irrelevant because this hasn't happened, I haven't met this person, I haven't done this, blah, blah, blah. Cool cool beans. I'm not even going to try to waste my energy and convince you, but it did just try to teach me to number one, remember that we never really know what a person has been through unless they've chosen to share and just, you know, try to remember how that can make somebody feel in the moment. Like you don't have to invalidate them. And that goes for all of us. Cause I feel like we've all have moments where we'll be like, because I have expressed on the podcast before that it does hit different once you've experienced it. And once you know somebody who has experienced it, it just hits different. It's more personal for you. That's a given. But to automatically assume that you know what somebody has been through. So you're making a blanket statement as you've never done this. You've never experienced this um, because you've never seen them or they've never talked about it. I think that's where the problem lies because we just don't know what people have been through. There is so much stuff, even the people that I'm closest with, I don't know every single thing that they've been through. They don't know every single thing that I've been through. And you just, one of my best friends taught me, you just learn that as time goes on. Like we, as females, we want to know the ins and outs. Like, how am I really supposed to know who you are if you just don't tell me? And I think for guys, like they just let it naturally like 
come out. You just learn a person better as time goes on. Like life will put you in situations where you have to know a person. And of course, I like to have deep thought provoking conversations with my people a lot. So you know, it can come out in that way too. But even then, depending on who's around may depend on, and I'm not saying for me, but if it's like a group environment, depending on who's in the group at the time can changes a person's actual opinion and all those kind of things. Um, the vibes of the environment, everything can play a factor. So we just have to be mindful of that. And, uh, Try not to be so dismissive to a point where you're like, I know for a fact you haven't been in that. Maybe they just hadn't shared it. Maybe they don't want to talk about it. So they're not going to. Like I said, even if I've been through something, I'll just be like, okay, I haven't. Um, The next one is know your people for who they are. Okay, know your people for who they are. People will always try to tell you about yourself and the people in your life. Isn't it crazy that people have moved past just trying to tell you about you, which is probably the craziest thing ever but now I'm gonna tell you about you and I don't mean in a healthy way guys like somebody sees something that you can't I don't mean that that's why I always say check the source check the intentions behind it but for the people who don't really know you trying to tell you about you or now they'll also try to tell you about your inner circle like you couldn't get to me so now you're trying to get to the others around me or make me think differently about my people cool um that's why I always say know your people because they will try to tell you about yourself. They'll try to tell you about your inner circle. And I mean, really know your people because I've experienced this family, friends, and I'm pretty sure I'll experience it more in my life. People will try to come tell you about people in your life and you have to see it for yourself. You have to be in a place and position to see it for yourself. And that's if something is really happening. And if it's not and you so easily listen to other outside voices, you're so easily persuaded, how disloyal to your own people? Seriously, like how disloyal to your own people or how do you expect your people to want to ride for you but you so easily listen to everybody else about them? Like that's a little sketchy. (laughs) So just know your people. That way you can know like, oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds like my people. But you don't got to sit up there and talk with a person like, like if somebody comes tell you about one of your people, you don't have to sit up there and gossip about your people. You can take mental note and then go back to your people about it and be like, hey, so-and-so told me this. This is what happens. I know you. I know this happened. Or so-and-so told me this. This is what happened. I did not. In both situations, I did not keep the conversation going. I cut it off because we're not sitting up here letting our people be bashed. That's a no. Or at least try not to if you catch yourself doing that. Do not just excuse yourself. Um, and yeah, and just be like, I know this wasn't you because I know you. Like, you have to be able to know your people because people will try to taint the way you view yourself and the way you view others. And uh, the third one is keep going, keep going. And I know everybody is dealing with their own stuff. Gas is high, stuff is open, but still weird. Monkeypox is a thing now, COVID cases are rising back up. Um, We are giving billions and billions of dollars to a war, but the shelves are empty over here in America, baby formula shortages. And I know that by the time this airs, we've gotten some more formula, but nice time and the babies that have already died from not having the formula that they need. Or I saw this thing where they were recommending giving babies six months and up cow milk. Like, come on. You know, we as humans, we don't even really need it. Now y'all just telling us to put anything in our babies and stuff too. Like, 
No, make it where it's baby formula and other things is not monopolized. Make it where it's affordable and make it where the crazy thing is. And I have to say this. The crazy thing is that everybody fusses about socialism. It's going to make it like this. And this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Everything that they try to force and complain about socialism and lie that they tell about socialism doesn't happen. You know when it happens? When capitalism is there. Every BS excuse that they get, we're all going to struggle. We're all going to have to fight for it. We're doing that now in capitalism. I can just imagine if people had like an even playing field, even if it's not 100% even, can we at least start with everybody being able to have a livable wage and meet their basic needs? We didn't even say nothing about a vacation yet. Vacation should be a part of it. You should be able to do activities outside of just paying bills and buying groceries. You should be able to buy yourself something nice. You should be able to go on vacation. You should have to be like, damn, can I put my kid in a sport or something? Because this is going to cost extra money. It should not be that. Everybody should be able to do basic things like that. And then when it gets to levels of desired wealth, sure. But livable wages and stuff should not be debatable. Us not being able to find baby formula should not be a thing. Don't even get me started with the whole, everybody should just breastfeed. Number one, that's dumb. That's a stupid statement. Don't ever say that in your life again. Everybody doesn't want to breastfeed. Everybody can't breastfeed. And in America, I know y'all not telling everybody to just breastfeed when you got to be back at work six weeks or earlier. Stop. Stop it. And before I go completely off on a rant, my fourth and final gem is if you can talk to somebody from an older generation. Um, and I think this is really important for our growth and just us as individuals, because some can be really closed off. Some people in the older generation can be really defensive, really closed off. But if you have some that are not defensive and that are willing to learn from the younger generation, you're willing to learn from them, vice versa. I mean, because how do we expect the world to get better? All of us are going to keep going through the same problems because we don't talk about our problems. Or all of us are going to keep dealing with generational curses and generational different patterns because we hadn't discussed that this actually happens or acknowledge that this actually happens and hold people accountable and stuff. Like, no, let's talk. Let's learn. Let's see what's different. Let's see why you made the decisions that you made. Because maybe if we talk about it, I'll understand that you were forced to be in a position to make that decision, you know? So let's talk to the older generation. And older generation, let's be respectful enough to listen to the younger generation. It doesn't mean that just because they're younger, they don't know any better than you. It does not mean that they know everything over you, but it does not mean that their opinions are not valid, that they don't know what they're talking about. Because did that automatically mean when you were younger, you didn't know something over your parents or grandparents just because you were young? Absolutely not. Remember how it felt when they invalidated your opinions and thoughts? Remember that. (laughs) for the next generation coming up and for the younger kids that you talk to you guys do not know everything because you're old because if anything you would move out of wisdom to be in a place to continuously learn right right and um even if you don't agree with everything that they say or anything at all just be respectful try to put yourself in their shoes old and young let's be respectful to each other let's try to put ourselves in their shoes and the world is constantly changing And some of us, like I said, we have to keep learning the same lessons because we're not talking about it. And again, I'm not one to talk, right? Shut down. (laughs) But I do, I do enjoy learning from others. And I do like having these open discussions. And um, yeah, my fifth and final 
gem of this week is if you can go to therapy, do it. If you can go to therapy, do it. If you can go to therapy, do it. And I hate that I live in a country where I say if, 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 because again, like I just talked about how all of us should be having a minimum, um, minimum, minimum wage should be a livable wage. Uh, we should be able to afford therapy. Like I should not have to think, let me put my mental health to the side because I need to afford some milk. Like that's a problem. Because then you wonder why chaos is going in the world when people's brains are going crazy and like their emotions are going crazy because they can't afford to manage that because they're just trying to work to take care of their kids, take care of themselves, keep food on the table. So um, America, fix that. Make therapy more affordable for everybody. Therapy should not, therapy should not be a luxury it should be a basic privilege for everybody like a basic human decency thing for everybody everybody should have the option no matter what your um wealth class is so if you can go to therapy do it and i think every human being needs therapy plus jesus to survive in this world so let's heal our triggers our trauma and inner child screaming inside of us because remember guys just because we grow up just because we're adults doesn't mean that that inner child went anywhere. She still needs to be healed. So whether we heal back then or we take the time to have to heal her and heal him or her in adult form, it has to be done. They don't go anywhere. Our inner child reminds us of stuff that we've been triggered about in our childhood. Our inner child reminds us of, mm, this gives me joy of things in my childhood. Listen, listen to your inner child. Check in with them. Check in with yourself. Your inner child is you. Your inner child is you. Take care of yourself. And no matter how old we get, they're always there. And I think that can be a good thing or a bad thing. But definitely a good thing because you can use it as a checking point. If it's something bad, cool. I need to work and heal with this. If this is something that makes me feel good and brings me peace, cool. This makes me feel good and give peace. It can be a it can be a great thing, whether it has um whether it reminds you of something triggering or not, the whole point is that if your inner child is triggered, to not let it exude in your behavior. Because even though you are older, so even though we all have inner children inside of us, if you're 45, but your little boy is screaming out, it's still going to be looking like, aren't you 45? Right? Everybody in that moment is not going to be like, oh, this is the inner child coming out. So we have to work on not letting it come out and trigger us in the work way just let us use it as a reminder to okay I still need to heal from this point and this perspective and those guys are my gems of the week and I hope that one or all can help and can be applied and um yeah guys we're just working on becoming a little better loving a little harder right All right, guys, that's all the time that we have this week on Blank Canvas. As always, thank you guys for your continuous support and listening and sharing. And I hope that we're all growing, learning, and loving together. I have to give a special shout out to the Netherlands and India. They have joined the BK family. And I try to give special shout outs, um, especially to people in other countries, because as I've said before, it reminds us that no matter where we are in the world, we kind of face similar issues. irony right and so thank you guys whether you're in the states or you're in other countries for your continuous support i love you i love you my bk family and i can't wait to see what we talk about next week all right guys bye